listener production. Wall Street grinds higher overnight with the Nasdaq hitting a new record high. And Aussie shares poised to rise on Wednesday ahead of Intertech Pivot's annual general meeting. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Wednesday, the 20th of December. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update. The Dow Jones on Wall Street as we record is up 0.6 of a percent. The S&P 500 and the Nasdaq up by a half of 1% with the Nasdaq having touched a new record high interest session. What stands out to you? Well, Tom, the S&P 500 is currently about 0.8% from surpassing its record close and 1.3% from equaling its intraday record, both set in January 2022. So that's what's standing out for me at the moment. We're continuing to see gains being built in recent weeks as investors continue to bet on a policy pivot by the US Federal Reserve next year. And stocks rose after Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond President Thomas Barkin suggests the US Central Bank could cut interest rates if recent progress on inflation continues. What stands out to me is the grassroots, if you like, uh, of this improvement, the groundswell of optimism that has been a reflection of that conversation around rates. So the Russell 2000 overnight, uh, up by 1.6%. So these are the smaller organizations that constitute the US stock universe. When you see those organizations start to perform well, it's almost from the old bond days, it's like spread compression. You've got the, you know, the, the, the tide beginning to lift all boats. And then the transports uh, last night up by about a percent. So the transports are a leading indicator that express confidence in the economic picture. So when you see those more tangential parts of the universe doing well, that's quite encouraging, isn't it? It is. And that was backed up by a report which showed that home building surged in November in the United States. So US new home construction unexpectedly surged to a six-month high, benefiting from a dearth of existing houses on the market and suggesting the crunch in residential real estate is easing. We saw construction of single-family houses jump 18% to the highest level since April 2022. So there is a shortfall of listings of previously owned homes in the United States, and that's also been backed up by buyers being enticed by incentives such as subsidized mortgage rates and price cuts. So on the back of that, we saw the Philadelphia housing sector index gain 1.5%. Right. And so, you know, you um, back that up to yesterday's uh, Association of Home Builders with their um, survey, which showed the first improvement in five months. So you're getting a a coalition of positives that uh, contribute to perhaps being able to lean into things with um, a little more confidence under those circumstances, if you're that way disposed. Well, that then fed into the US Treasury market last night. So we saw the 10-year US Treasury yield down by four basis points to 3.92%. The two years currently down by just one basis points to 4.44%. So that feeds into the narrative around the soft economic landing and the expectations around cutting for interest rates. And what we're seeing currently is markets pricing in a significant chance that two and three by two, March. There are a few 140 basis points by the end of next year. But we did hear from the US Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta President Raphael Bostic in the last 10 minutes, and he said he doesn't expect there will be urgency to lower rates next year. I mean, honestly, these Fed officials going around flapping their jaw. I mean, uh, I suppose they're excited that you know their strategy has panned out 
reasonably well so far. They've so done. far, so good. No yeah. recession in sight, but let's see what the yield curve does in the coming months. But that said, Tom, it was some of the usual suspects that led the Dow Jones to a record high overnight as well. We've seen Walgreens Boots Alliance, the strongest performer on the Dow. It's up 3.2%. And Boeing gained 1.1% after German airline Lufthansa said it ordered 4737 MAX jets from the plane maker and agreed to 60 future purchasing options. So that's good news for capacity. The other thing that uh, I wanted to talk about, Ryan, was the price of oil. Now, we have seen oil prices bump higher again, up by uh, over a percent in the case of the European US benchmark, 1.3 in the case of West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil, Brent up by 1.6. So the uh, US Department of Defense has uh, deployed a multinational operation to protect merchant shipping in the Red Sea. But there's a lot of breathless commentary around this. Around 12% of the world's shipping traffic passes up the Red Sea and through the Suez Canal. So, of course, this feeds into the whole narrative around geopolitical risks. We've got the ongoing Hamas and Israel insurgency or, or war, if you want to call it that. We have seen attacks by Yemen's Iran-aligned Houthi militants on those ships, which have, which have disrupted maritime trade in the Red Sea. And Denmark's Maersk has come out It's one of the many firms that suspended travel along the Red Sea. It confirmed on Tuesday that ships currently being held would be diverted to the Cape of Good Hope route, and that would be around southern Africa as soon as possible. So they're looking at alternative routes with those drone attacks by Houthi militants. So the situation could disrupt global supply chains and drive up freight costs. I think uh, it's worth keeping things into perspective. So, you know, with prices where they are now, you're just seeing them off their lows for the year, right? And when you consider that uh, the highs that we saw in the latter part of August, early part of September, when prices were closer to $95 a barrel, you can probably just take a breath, I think, at the moment and just see how this fracas pans out. Um, But in terms of the uh, other aspect of things, uh, the global oil market is well supplied at the moment. So if there is a time for it to happen, Uh, now is a time that the market can accommodate it. Yes, you make a good point. We've only seen gains over the last two days of 1.5% broadly each day. So it's not as though we've seen 4% moves like we have seen in the most recent few weeks around the OPEC decision in terms of extending production cuts. But certainly we've got the Brent crude price under 80 US dollars a barrel at the moment and it looks fairly capped. Uh, Let's just quickly reflect on the outcomes in Europe. The markets were generally quite positive there. We had the UK market up by a third of a percent on the eve of an important inflation reading. The French market just in positive territory. The German market up by a half of 1%. The stock 600 index up by a third of a percent. We got the final reading on Eurozone inflation. Not much to see there. So we saw the final reading at 2.4% year on year. And what that suggests is that inflation or price pressures are getting closer to the European Central Bank's 2% target. And the focus for the European Central Bank will probably shift to the Eurozone economy in the next six months. Certainly, there are concerns about a recession or at least being on the brink of recession, particularly in Germany at the moment. 
So that allowed the central bankers to cut rates there. We also get an update on inflation in the UK tonight. We're expecting to see inflation need to lift by 0.1% in the month of November, and that would take the annual growth rate down from 4.6% to 4.3%. So more work to be done in the United Kingdom for the Bank of England. An interesting outcome overnight in Canada with the November inflation reading coming out at 3.1%. Now, having seen you know lows uh, below 3% at the end of the second quarter, uh, it's just a question of whether or not they can get that final nail in the coffin for Canadian inflation, Ryan. And that does feed into what we saw from the Reserve Bank yesterday as far as its minutes were concerned from the December meeting. It was a hawkish hold. They did debate whether to lift rates in December. And they did mention the fact that data dependent, of course, much will hinge on the inflation data that's released at the end of January as far as their next meeting in February is concerned. Certainly, they have seen some encouraging signs around the global disinflation picture but domestic demand still remains firm and services inflation is sticky. As we look forward to the local picture today, the futures are indicating that we'll be up by around 0.6 of a percent when we kick off. That'd be a gain of around 43 points at this stage, bearing in mind that we've still got a little bit of time to go before the US market and indeed our own futures close for the uh, session. Uh, not much on the menu today, Ryan. It's a bit thin. It's very quiet. Westpac's leading index is scheduled. That won't move the market. Intertech Pivot hosts an annual general meeting. Elders pays investors a dividend. China announces loan prime rates with no change expected, Tom. Uh, and the Aussie dollar lifted from 67.07 cents to 67.74 cents overnight. That's the highest level since July. It's currently trading at around 67.58 US cents. Indeed. So we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much for your company this morning. Five more sleeps till Christmas. This podcast is prepared, approved and distributed in Australia by Commonwealth Securities Limited, ABN 60067-254-399, AFSL 238814. The information does not take into consideration your objectives, financial situation or needs. Consider the appropriateness of the information before acting and if necessary, seek appropriate professional advice. Listener.